dude, you see who they're going at, who they're actually going after those schools like central Florida and like South Florida, they have like 50,000 students. Like they're really? massive. They're huge schools. Oh. Central Florida is like one, like the fifth largest school in the country. It's yeah, massive. People have no idea. And like, so they have way bigger like alumni bases than you think. And apparently there's a very famous coach who lives in that Tampa area who is available, whose views via email don't bother the people oh in that voting God. district. No, say it ain't Bring so. Bring them in. It's say Gruden. it is so. Yeah, they're, they're, going, they're going hard after Gruden. And then they said if Gruden passes, oh my God. then their next choice is Scott Frost. Oh, oh, oh God. Who's worse? Ryan, Dan, Frost. round table, round table. Who would Frost you rather have easily. Gruden and his baggage or Scott Frost? Oh, I'd rather have Frost in a heartbeat. <laughs> no. Gruden's never coached college. At least Frost... He was successful at UCF. He was successful in Florida. Yeah, I would go Frost too. UCF. I'd hire Frost and be like, here's the deal though. We're picking your offensive coordinator and it's not going to be you. That's the situation. (laughs) I'd hire 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 him on spec or like on an all commission basis. Base salary, like 80 grand. We'll give you a $1 million bonus for every power five school you beat and we'll give you two million dollars to making a bowl game and an extra five hundred thousand if you win it but your base salary is like tom said like a hundred thousand base salary it's the ricky williams contract all right what are we week 11 Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. One of these days I'll actually remember. All right. You will not. I will not. All right. Week 11. We have made it close to the end of the season. We're into November. (laughs) It's the take the points college football podcast. We're going to talk about last week's games, this week's line. First, I want to throw to my co-host Ryan Spillett in Phoenix, Arizona. We have a live tarmac update is there anything you'd want to say to the people we're recording this on wednesday night and there's some action going on before we get into the action tom victory lap another one jeff scott south florida another one we tarmac claims yet another victim oh boy we are hot uh and yes tom we are live on a wednesday night here uh 7 p.m. Mountain Time for all those who observe Mountain Time. Uh, yeah, big maction. We got Buffalo up 10 on Central Michigan. I don't even know what's going on in the other game in uh, Northern Illinois, Western Michigan. It's a showdown. 17-14, Northern Illinois took the lead. Uh-oh. Yeah, one of these coaches is going to be on the tarmac. I'm live watching these games, and I'm going to make that decision as the tarmac arrives based on what's going on. This is a first for the show. The tarmac is – is uh, we're live betting the tarmac. The five spot is wide open right now based on my opinion of this viewing. 
There's a lot of activity, but uh, we say it before, we've said it every week, but there has never been a season in the 10 years we've been doing this with so much bad coaching and tarmac potential. So more on that later in our famous segment, the tarmac report. I'm going to throw it to Dan Partridge, my co-host, whose famous, now famous new segment, Your Opinion is Wrong, is coming up later. We got a doozy. But first, Dan, anything from week 10 you want to reflect on or talk about? Well, first, I think we have to talk about Jeff Scott getting fired. Uh, Four wins in three years, three of them against FBS squads. That's not going to cut it, getting one real win in four years. But Dan, there's no football talent to recruit in. Florida. You know, it's, it's, it's completely bone dry, Tom. You're right. And you know, in four years, most people can graduate high school or a full college load, but Jeff Scott can pick up one real win in the same amount of time. So great job, Jeff. Good luck in uh, your future endeavors. By the Um, way, Dan, that's fewer wins in his career at USF than Jim Mora Jr. has at UConn this year. That's right. Jim Mora Jr., coach of the year. Um, real quick recap from last week. You have to talk about Georgia real quick. Georgia and the under, it just comes in, you know, and I think that's an oversight on all of our parts. Tennessee looked like the hot flashy team. And yet, once again, Georgia under hook, never in doubt, never, ever in doubt for a second. Impressive win. It looks like Georgia and everybody else. How about Ohio State getting outgained by Northwestern? Anybody see that coming? That's two weeks in a row. Ohio State looks very shaky. I thought they'd run away with the Big Ten, but I think Michigan is uh, even with them, if not ahead maybe. Um, we'll find out here in a couple weeks. And uh, TCU keeps finding a way to win, but uh, the schedule is going to catch up to them big time uh, this week and next week. It's going to be hard for them to pull out of these two games undefeated, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on tonight. All right. Uh, I say we get straight into the lines and everything else we need to talk about will develop from there. So Dan, let's do some lines. All right. Friday night, Colorado at USC, uh, former tarmac, uh, member Carl Durrell is no longer overseeing the dumpster fire. That is the Colorado Buffaloes on the road to USC. USC has no defense. Cal, uh, as you saw, scored a bunch of points on him last week. USC minus 34, total 66. How many points does USC score in this game? They played without Super Mario and Jordan Addison last week and still dropped, what, like high 40s, low 50s, something like that. Um, This seems like a team total USC game. I think they scored 60 points themselves. Um, Ryan, you got any thoughts on this Pac-12 doozy? I, th- I think that's exactly the right play. It's the USC team total. Just just bet they're gonna, them. They're going to score every drive. Yeah, you can't really even rely on the over necessarily because it could be like 56 to 6, and you're like, eh. So, yeah, just take the USC team total. I agree. Do you guys think USC is good? I think they're great on offense. I think they're awful on defense. I think they get killed by uh, just about anybody in the playoff. Um, I, I don't think their defense can stop anybody at all. It's very much like Oklahoma, right, with, with Lincoln Riley. But I think the defense for USC is even worse than the Oklahoma defenses. So uh, we'll find out. Maybe, maybe not. 
All right, let's move on to Saturday. Tom, all you, Indiana at Ohio State. Ohio State minus 40. 40. Total 58. Lay it on us. Yeah, I mean, Indiana got um, dominated by Penn State, who's, of course, not as good. So I think that accounts for the line and the fact that Ohio State's number two. But the thing I've noticed, uh, in addition to them being a little shaky and trying to get their footing, they also seem to be just looking ahead the first ever like four week look ahead to the Michigan game. And so I would be really hesitant to lay this many points against an Indiana team. That's certainly not good, but could put up maybe 14, 20 points. And then you're talking about Ohio state's got to score like 60, 63 to cover. So, um, I guess if anything, bet an over, but I would probably stay away from this one. I, I just think it's all about Ohio state, Michigan at this point. All right, uh, let's move on. Missouri at Tennessee. Tennessee minus 20 and a half, total 57. Is this total too low and just um, reflective of the Tennessee loss last week to Georgia? If Georgia, if, if Tennessee would have beaten Georgia in a different universe, would the spread be 38 and a half? Is that too outlandish? I mean, I think 28 and a half, 30, certainly. Yeah. I, I mean, there is a... Um, What's the opposite of like a post Georgia bump, the post Georgia, you know, bump hangover. Down. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Or, or in terms of the line, like the line reflects a loss last week. Whereas if Tennessee lost three weeks ago and everything else looked the same, then I think they would be favored by a lot more. So I think the value is in Tennessee and the over. And to me, you know, if this team has any heart, which I'm, I hope they do, then they'll bounce back when just murder Missouri to sort of get it out of their system. They're not out of the playoff race, not by a long shot. So this is very important for them. They need to come out strong and win at home by a lot. Lay it with Tennessee. Brian, what do you think about this one? I think when was the last time Missouri beat anybody on the road? They, they, Nobody. They're terrible on the road, like really, really terrible on the road. This to me just feels like a complete overreaction to last week. They're expecting a Tennessee hangover. I think they can sleepwalk through this game and beat them by three scores. I agree. I have to lay it with Tennessee this week. And I think I think I'm gonna bet it tonight at 20 and a half before it goes <laughs> higher. All right, let's move on. Number seven ranked LSU. Number seven LSU on the road at Arkansas. Coming off a loss against Liberty, somehow scoring 19 points at home. Absolutely perplexing. I didn't see any highlights of that game, but I really uh, would like to watch a replay of that, actually. Anyway, LSU minus three, total 62. Tricky spot. Ryan, what do you think? Look, I've been fading that ass clown all year, and I'm, I don't care if they're ranked seventh in the country. I love KJ Jefferson. That is a brutal place to go play. Fayetteville, Arkansas. I just, I can't see it. I just, give me the points. Give me the points. This is the ultimate letdown spot. You just blew the largest load that you've blown since, you know, you won the title. And there's no way they can bring that energy on the road in Arkansas. There's just no way. I give me the points. 
See. So for the reason, the reasons that Ryan just stated, I like the under in this. I think that, you know, this is about what LSU and Alabama combined scored in overtime. And so I don't see LSU versus Arkansas, an Arkansas team that just put up 19 against Liberty. I don't see them combining for 63 points. So the under is my favorite bet. I'm a bigger believer, I think, in this LSU team than the two of you. And so I would stick with them, even though I, I hate the three and a half. If it goes down to three, I'll probably jump on that. But Jaden Daniels is good. I know you guys are shell-shocked as, you know, Phoenix boys. But he's the second-best LSU quarterback of our lifetime. And uh, he's the heart and soul of that team. And, of course, I don't trust them. If LSU somehow, like, snuck into that four spot in the playoff, they would get absolutely wrecked. But I'll take them against a subpar SEC West team. I I think they are semi-consistent. It's a really hard game. I'm not sure who wins this game, uh, but I do like the under as well, Tom. So under 62, early slate, weird game. I agree. Purdue at Illinois. Thank God Illinois lost. I had enough of that 15 ranking out of them. That was a bunch of horse shit. They only fell to 21, which is complete bullshit, but that's not here nor there. Illinois minus six and a half, total 44 and a half. Go ahead, Big Ten expert. What do you – what do you got? Well, the Big Ten West is uh, one of the most hotly contested uh, divisions in football. <laughs> you guys, so bad. I, I told you this. You guys didn't believe me, but uh, Illinois still ranked number one, still controls their own destiny. But uh, Wisconsin and Iowa, who play each other this week and we'll talk about later, uh, are in the two and three spot after not impressing anyone all year. Quietly, they've moved up to right behind Illinois, nipping at their heels. So Illinois needs a win um, and, uh, they, they control their own destiny. This is a very important game for them. And, uh, I think they're going to have to get it done, but, um, what is the spread? Yeah. Six and a half. Uh, I would not do that. I think they win by like four points. I think they just barely get it done. I'm not even going to go to Ryan. We're going to move right on. So, uh, moving on, um, Oklahoma at West Virginia, Oklahoma minus eight total 67. These teams are a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde experience both ways. Um, Oklahoma, of course, coached by former Clemson defensive coordinator Brett Venables, seems to be yet another Clemson assistant going somewhere else and being a total disaster. Uh, None of the coaches under Dabo have done any good whatsoever. Jeff Scott, I believe I'm looking at you. You're another one. Um, Ryan, what do you like in this game? Oh, well, damn. The thing that I like the most is that West Virginia gets to save money and not have to fly home Neil Brown because they're going to get to fire him at home. It's tarmac time, folks. Yes. <laughs> coming in early. Uh, we're coming in early. We're coming in hot. Like I said at the beginning, I am watching these games live. We have made a change in the tarmac number five spot. So let's just get right into it before I change my mind again. Number five, up in the mitten, but not at the top of the mitten, in the central part. At Central Michigan, the shark humper, Jim McElwain. 
they're awful. I've been watching this game down 24-7 at the half to Buffalo. They get a big score early in the third quarter. All the momentum, they drive down, fourth and goal, turnover. So, yeah, Central Michigan, Jim McElwain, congratulations. You went from first to worst in in the MAC West. Okay, number four, can't believe he's on the list again. Thought he'd be a one-done candidate, but Jeff Halfley at BC, oh boy, you are not long for this world. Four straight losses and the remaining three games, NC State, Notre Dame, Syracuse. They're, they might end with seven consecutive losses here. There's just no way he gets through that. There's there's just no way. So, yeah, that's a tough one. Number three, hanging in strong, a staple here at the tarmac, Butch Jones. They had their chance to fire him on the bye week, and they didn't. And they're going to get rewarded by letting him win this week because they play UMass. So, Butch, you're going to escape probably getting fired because you're going to beat UMass, but you can't escape us. You're not long for this world. Butch is uh, Butch has been long for this world. He's been on the tarmac for like, he's got a Cal Ripken-esque streak. Him and Willie have been holding it down for like, most of the the life of the tarmac, <laughs> like seven of the 10 years they've been on it at different schools. Like they went from one school to another school and just stayed right on the tarmac. Oh yeah. Willie's Willie's in the hall of fame. Three, <laughs> three schools in seven years. He's been on the tarmac. It's fantastic. Is he, I'll ask you this when you're done, but the tarmac Mount Rushmore, I want to know. End of the year. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll put that into the Hall of Fame. Uh, number two, this game, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Neil Brown. Can't believe he hung out, still is still on the, the job. Three straight losses. I thought they'd get him after the third. Really surprised they didn't, but here we go. Remaining schedule is Oklahoma, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. That is not good for them. That's probably going to end the year with six straight losses. So not looking good for Neil Brown. However, at number one, the tandem is still there. They are still undefeated. Kirk and Brian Ferentz. Okay, so here's the thing. Tom, you're the Big Ten expert. They're number two in the division. Kinda. Doesn't mean anything. It's what the numbers say. It kinda. So here's the remaining schedule. They get the Wisconsin game this week. Mm-hmm. You love Wisconsin. We'll get to that. But I'm just saying, in, in gen, not this game is specifically, but in general, you really like since what? since they fired Paul Christ, yes, I think Wisconsin has turned it around somewhat. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and give Wisconsin the win there. 
The following week, they're at Minnesota. That's not a guaranteed win for Iowa. Not at all. That, that's a 50-50. Correct. First one to 13 and then, wins. And then their last game of the year, they get Nebraska. Yeah. Also home. not a guarantee. But they will be More favored. They will be favored by, well, it's Iowa. I was going to say 13, but they're not favored by 13. They'll be favored by seven and a half in that game. So here's what I'm saying is if they lose to Wisconsin this week and if they lose at Minnesota the following week, they will be sitting at five and six, needing a home win against Nebraska just to get bowl eligible. They were number three in the country last year. That is embarrassing. You need to beat Nebraska, who fired their coach already, in the last game of the year at home just to make a bowl at six and six pathetic get rid of these losers speaking of losers we're going to a bonus segment that's right the loser leaves town game i'm not letting dan skip this one i'm going to it now that's right trivia time don't look at the lines four and five florida atlantic at four and five florida international what's the line boys Take your guesses. Tom? I, I have not seen this line. I'm, I don't know if I skipped it in my preparation or what. I'm going to say, oh, God, this is horrible. I'm going to say Florida Atlantic is favored by six. Dan? I was going to say the same thing. I, I swear to God, I don't know. Florida Atlantic minus four and a half. Florida Atlantic minus 15 and a half. Oh my God. No, no, no. On the road, on the road with the same record, they are favored by 15 and a half. So that means that if they lose, Willie has to go. However, if they cover Mike McIntyre, if he gets beat by three scores at home to their rival, he's got to go. We got ourselves a loser leaves town match. Get JR, get Jerry Lawler. We're going to call this thing. Let's do it. Dan, back to you. Well done, Ryan, as usual. All right, let's move on to more of an uplifting story. I think that's the only way to go from here. Um, Liberty at UConn. Eight and one Liberty at five and five UConn. UConn can get bowl eligible if they pull off the shocker win. If they win, they should rush the field for this game. Uh, Liberty minus 14 and a half, total 45. Uh, Homer pick, UConn plus 14 and a half. They've been playing scrappy. Maybe Liberty says, ah, we're going to fucking Connecticut. Where's Connecticut? I don't know where Connecticut is. Um, and they end up going there. Um, Whatever. Give me UConn in the 14 and a half. Z? This is a tough one because you got Liberty, the mighty Liberty coming off of a win over an SEC team with uh, Hugh Freeze thinking he's got a chance at some kind of big time job again, wanting to uh, blow out little old UConn. But then you're right. UConn's been playing tough physical football and uh, beating teams and keeping games close. And I don't like any of this. Uh, I think. I don't know. I think the smart money is on Liberty 
destroying them. But, uh, you know, as a UConn homer also, I'm going to take the points with UConn. We're getting, we're getting bowl eligible. <laughs> Maybe not this yeah, we week. we are. But we're getting bowl eligible. Next week, game of the year against Army. I can't wait. Uh, Ryan, you got any input in this one? Uh, I mean, this is like an ultimate letdown spot, right? Liberty just went on the road and beat an SEC team. Now yep. they're going to freezing cold, I'm assuming, Connecticut. Tom, back me up here. It's it's all over the place, man. It was 75 two days ago. It's like 51 today. So we don't know what to expect. That's Connecticut. It's a fall. real weather grab bag. Fair I enough. love it. <clears throat> okay, let's move on to some other random-ass games at the early slate here. Pitt at Virginia. No, this is not your, your, your opinion is wrong game, but it might as well be. Pitt minus four, total 40. Uh, last week, Tanner Mordecai threw nine touchdown passes in one game for SMU. Keaton Slovis, I think, has seven on the year somehow for Pitt, which is, um, fucking ridiculous through nine games. Uh, Nardog at his finest this year. This is peak Nardog this year. I don't know if you guys are noticing. Five and <laughs> yes. four Pitt. Oh, we've all noticed. Five and four pit, two and three in the ACC. Has Tennessee on the ropes, but then sucks ass everywhere else. I mean, classic pit. Um, no clue. Tommy, you have any sort of pick in this game? No, I just want to say I, I looked at this and I was like, oh, this is the your opinion is wrong game. And then I looked at another game and I was like, ooh. There's so many choices this week for your opinion is wrong games. This is for people who don't know. This is our segment where all possible bets are wrong. So there's a lot of games that you should not bet in any direction. And this is one of them. Not the, not the marquee one, but it is one example. So I will not be betting because I'm not insane. Oh, I am. I'm nuts. <laughs> Give me Nardog. I got Nardog fever. Let's go. <laughs> On the Virginia, road. Virginia's oh awful. Virginia's terrible. They are bad. Give me pick to get bowl eligible. Ryan, what are the symptoms of Nardog fever? Complete delusion. <laughs> <laughs> and a lack of sleep. Oh, that's so good. All right, moving on. Uh, SMU at South Florida. South Florida catching 17 and a half, total 72. Any chance you take South Florida plus 17 and a half without Jeff Scott running around, Ryan? I mean, it's it's take the points tradition that you get the post-tarmac bump. However, there's an addendum to that rule when the team you're playing just scored 90 points the week <laughs> before. Bell <laughs> point. All right, so, I just want to check I'll in with you the, there. I'll take the over. All right, very good. All right, moving along. Enough's enough. Your opinion is wrong, game. UMass at Arkansas State. <laughs> um, this <laughs> is the game of the week, folks. Arkansas this is not the State. one I thought it was going to be. No, no, this is the game, boys. Real, real quick, I'd like to recap last week's your opinion is wrong, game. Florida at AM. AM scored on every possession they touched the football in the first half. 
and then scored zero points in the second <laughs> half. Oh, classic, your opinion is wrong game. No one knows what's going to happen. Um, okay, so UMass at Arkansas State, total 17 and a half, total 49 and a half. Tom, you go first. This is not the one. I wasn't prepared, but I will make a bet. Uh, UMass is the worst team in all college football, and you cannot lay any or you cannot take any points. Um, Arkansas State is going to come out um, and just destroy that inferior defense and score a lot. I got uh, Arkansas State covering, scoring, winning by 24 and an over. Uh-huh. You Arkansas State and an over. Okay, well, so you're, you're going to put your money on Butch Jones, first of all, which is the wrong move. And then you took an over, which is awful because Arkansas State is 113th in FBS in total offense. And UMass is 130 out of 131. So good luck betting on Butch Jones and two offenses ranked in the hundreds. Ryan, what do you got in this game? Well, Dan... Because I have uh, Butch Jones on the tarmac, and I believe his players also have him on the tarmac. Uh, And so for that reason, I think they're going to tank the game because they know that if they lose to the worst team in the country, then Butch will get fired. So for that reason, I'm going to take UMass and an under. UMass and the under, huh? Well, you got Arkansas State with the uh, 92-ranked defense in college football. You got Butch Jones running around. UMass is the worst team in college football. You're going to take the worst team in college football on the road in the state of Arkansas. No chance of those two picks coming in. This is my favorite news segment. There you have it, folks. In in your opinion is wrong tradition, get ready for a 15 to 11 Arkansas State win. Most likely in in six overtimes so far, uh, we're three for three in these games being total clusterfuck. So, uh, I, I see no way this week goes anywhere else, but totally wild. All right, Dan, this is where I'm going to take over and commandeer the show for a second, because there was a game that I thought you were going to pick. And I know you're going to skip this game because we already passed it on the list. You say that's your, your opinion is wrong game. Arkansas State, mm-hmm. UMass, and I can't argue with that. However, I would love to hear you pick a strong bet, a confident bet for Michigan State minus nine and a half against Rutgers over <coughs> under 40. Also, Tom, that's a great candidate. Michigan State can't play any defense. Uh, Rutgers gave up like 100 in the second half last week. Um you know, I, I it, it's it's a total fucking clusterfuck. I have no idea. Breaking news: Central Michigan has stormed back and scored 17 in a row in the second half, tie the game at 24. The Shark Humper heard what you said, Ryan, and he is holding on to his job. He will not let Paul Chris take over his job just yet. <laughs> Sorry, well, I couldn't help myself. Good, I, I I'm glad you brought that up because. Western Michigan has a chance to put Northern Illinois away and instead dropped a potential uh, 50 yard bomb down to like the three. It's not looking good either way. I thought that due to being a live report week, we had to do a breaking news out of nowhere once in this episode. And that was 
the right time. The running back on, or the quarterback on Central Michigan has two touchdown runs over 70 yards in the second half. These MAC teams are the worst they've ever been, by the way. The whole MAC bowl is, season. The whole MAC they can't is play. the worst. They're horrible. Yeah. This is like, the worst really season bad. of the MAC ever. They aren't covering any bowl games. None. The, the so, Tarmac could just be the whole Mac. It could be the, one week. It could be the Tarmac. <laughs> that, 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 that might be a special, this uh, is a special, like, edition. you know, Thanksgiving week segment. All right. I just want to acknowledge one more thing about Rutgers, Michigan state. This is the official chop and wood bowl. And we will find out who chops the most wood after this game. Well said Tom. All right, let's move on to some real football here. Alabama at Ole Miss, Alabama minus 12, total 64 and a half. Alabama coming off a second loss this year. They could have at least three, um, maybe four losses if a couple breaks go don't go their way. You know, I read a really interesting article. You know, people like to jump to conclusions. They said that uh, – NIL is the end of Alabama's uh, reign of being a dynasty, which might be jumping to some conclusions. And then I read another article, which was interesting. They said this is the first year where they don't have a absolutely ridiculous wide receiver. That's like literally changes the whole lot. Yeah. Like they've had at least one player who changes the whole game plan. They had the four best receivers in college football one, a couple years ago. History in one team for sure. They had the best wide receiver core ever in, I don't know, 2018, yeah. 2019, 2020, four yeah. guys who all went on to be NFL stars. Uh, you know, one of them didn't pan out for other reasons, but you know, all taken in, 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 in the top 15 of the NFL draft, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, it's the best wide receiver group ever. And they have the wide receivers are just not good this year. Not, I'm not saying not no. good by Alabama standards, but like, this would be a bad Penn state wide receiver crew. They're just not good. And they have, you know, the offensive line, I don't think is quite as good. Um, and you know, the, um, the secondary is not quite as good as it usually is. So those things account for a, an Alabama team that is very subpar by Alabama standards. But, um, I don't know about you. I mean, I do think they match up pretty well against Ole Miss as compared to like LSU. So last year we had the Lane Kiffin uh, get your popcorn ready, throw in the, the headset in the air, and they just went for it on fourth down every time. and It got out of hand quick. Can Ole Miss pull this upset outright this week, Ryan? To me, this actually is like the, the your opinion is wrong game. I have less True. than no idea. You can – I can be convinced to take Alabama in the over, Alabama in the under, Ole Miss in the over, Ole Miss in the under. I honestly have no idea. If I had to bet anything in this game, I would actually take the under because Ole Miss just runs the ball a ton, and that's the only way they can beat Alabama is just grind the game like LSU did. Grind, 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 a couple play-action shots here and there. I mean, it's going to come down to – can Jackson Dart stay on the field for the whole four quarters? Because if if he can stay healthy and, the, and run the ball a little bit, they can pull the upset. If he's actually like 180 pounds like he looks, 
he's going to get murdered yeah. and they're going to have no chance. Z, what do you think about this game? Very hard game. Yeah, it's really tough. Um, you nailed it that like quarterback mobility is the one thing that seems to get Alabama. And we saw that with Jaden Daniels, who also is, you know, 170 pounds and he did just fine. Although there were a couple times where I thought he was going to uh, get carted off the field, but he managed and he escaped. So nothing would surprise me and an Ole Miss outright victory wouldn't surprise me, but I, I don't know. I just see Alabama as a more physical team. Uh, I don't see Ole Miss on that physicality level that LSU is. And I, I also don't think they have the firepower of a Tennessee to just, you know, throw five touchdowns to one receiver. So the two ways that Alabama has lost and the way they almost lost to Texas was with great quarterback play when Quinn Ewers was still in. Um, I just don't think they match up the same. And so I will begrudgingly lay it with Alabama and uh, expect like a 14 point victory by just um, pushing them around and just kind of wearing them down into the fourth quarter, the uh, old Alabama way. I like it. Um, I have no idea. I'm not betting this game. Complete stay away. No clue. Any result would not surprise me. Um, I'm hoping Ole Miss wins just so we can erase the idea of Alabama making the playoff. We can open it up to some other teams. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, let me ask you guys a question. Um, I think I know the answer, but Alabama still not out of it to make the SEC title game. LSU, obviously, with their two losses, still you know kind of in the driver's seat to make that title game now. Um, Ole Miss could make the title game. Whoever wins the SEC championship game has to be in the playoff, right? Regardless of record. Depends about like what TCU does. If TCU um, goes undefeated, they're getting in. If if Michigan gets in undefeated, and Ohio State has one loss. I bet you they put a one loss Ohio State team in over a two loss SEC. Although maybe not. It's a coin flip. Um, you, I mean, if LSU a two loss sure. LSU or Alabama hands Georgia their only loss of the season, I don't see how I don't see how either of the teams can be denied from the playoff. I don't know. Now, if Georgia, really if Georgia somehow mysteriously loses a game beforehand and then loses the SEC championship game, you could leave them out. Yeah, I can see happen. a situation where Tennessee gets left out just by nature of not making the championship game. But I do feel like whoever wins the SEC championship game, even if they have two losses, I feel like they just have to be in. Very possible. It's going to be really wild. I mean, it's it's already November 9th. You know, I mean, this is this season's wrapping up quick in three weeks from now where we'll be doing the preview for the conference championship games. I mean, it, it's this season is flying by, in my opinion, which is wrong. All right. So let's move on. Um, Louisville at Clemson. What the fuck? Clemson minus seven total 52. Clemson laid an absolute egg of all eggs at South Bend. Um Played as terrible on offense as you could ever imagine. DJ looked bad. Clubnet looked bad. Pick sixes, fumbles, Notre Dame, you know, inking it out on offense and getting it done. Just terrible. Just an absolute awful performance. Uh, everyone was kind of tired of this Clemson team. Everyone kind of celebrated when they lost um, media-wise. Uh, Louisville quietly has turned their season around 6-3. and three. 
So, who do you trust? Or this is another your opinion is wrong game. Do you trust Satterfield and Malik Cunningham on the road in Death Valley against a pissed off Clemson team, or are you going to lay a touchdown with DJ starting a quarterback again? That's really, really dangerous. Ryan, gun to your head. What do you pick here? Oh, this is actually is kind of easy for me. This is a total overreaction line. If Clemson lost by three or four to Notre Dame, they'd be favored by what? 14 and a half yeah. in this game. This is an overreaction line. Give me the Clemson minus the seven. I don't like Clemson, but I don't trust Louisville at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think Clemson now at 10 is more properly rated where they should be this season. I, I'm afraid to even say this in a public forum, but I think Notre Dame is a little bit better than we think. And so yeah. that win is not all that surprising. Like, I, I don't think they're great, but I think Freeman has uh, turned that team around from where they were early in the year. And so I don't, I don't think that's a horrible loss, even despite the score. Um, yeah. So I'll take, I'll take Clemson in this. I'm just curious what Dabo's doing. I feel like he's lost his edge because the old Dabo would have benched DJ for good by this point. And so has Dabo gone soft? I don't know. It's really weird. Like they like waited till they're down 21, nothing to bench DJ. It didn't make any sense. Like you have to bench him when it's seven, nothing, but five minutes ago in the second quarter, be like, you scored zero. Let, let, we saw this last week. What are you waiting for? Like, I feel like D, like DJ has got blackmail on him or something. I feel I feel like there's two scenarios. Either he has some kind of special affinity for DJ, you know, more so than previous players. Like, you know, he, he, feels like he's a son or like he just, he feels special about him specifically. And that makes it hard for him to bench him. Or he knows something that the rest of the public doesn't know, which is that maybe he knows they're not very good and he just doesn't think it's DJ's fault. And he, you know, thinks they would be in this position regardless. Very possible. Guys, the answer is very easy. DJ's father is Freaking terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, do you, do you guys not think that's the answer? He's Dabo can't yank him or say anything bad because his father is like the number one bodyguard in the hip hop world. Like, no, you don't mess with that dude's kid. Yeah. I mean, he's from, He's from the the streets of Compton, right? Oh yeah, I mean he was he was DJ Khaled's bodyguard, Meek Mill's bodyguard, Rihanna's bodyguard. Good yeah. point. Plus, yeah, the dude worked for Rihanna. If a kid that played for me, if one of my players' dads knew Rihanna, he'd start every freaking game, always. You're thinking about the program. Like you want Rihanna to be a lifelong Clemson fan. And if that means losing a couple games or getting crushed by Notre Dame in a year when you weren't going to win the championship anyway, then, then it's worth it. I don't even give a shit about that. I I just want to get invited to the holiday party in case she's there. (laughs) Truth. All right, let's move on here. Big 10 special Maryland at Penn state. Somehow Maryland six and three, it feels like they're four and five, but they're not. Penn State, 14th ranked. Feels like they've been ranked 14th for about, I don't know, 10 years straight, but yep. it's only like a couple of years. 
Since the Trace McSorley era, they've been ranked 14th every week. Texas A&M's been ranked 9th for that entire time, also until three weeks ago. See, can you lay 10 points here? 59 too low? Feels like it's a little low. I could see it being um, a high-scoring game. Maryland's tricky, man. I mean, as you said, 6-3, and three, and um, even um, even their losses, they've hung close. You know, uh, Tua's little brother got hurt, and, uh, you know, they haven't really been the same since that. But, um, you know, earlier in the season, they they were the one who played Michigan the toughest. So I think... I think it's dangerous to lay 10 and a half, even though it's at happy Valley. Um, but I, I don't know if I can bet on Maryland either. So it's a stay away to me, but like definitely don't lay it with Penn state. Very true. Um, all right, let's move on to some other random games. There's a lot of random ass games this week. This one features two ranked teams. Somehow central Florida at Tulane. Uh, seven and two central Florida, eight and one Tulane Tulane at home minus a point and a half total 54 and a half. I have not seen a minute of Tulane play this year. Ryan, you got anything on this one? I like Tulane. This is the big, this is their super bowl. And this is the biggest game of the year because if they win this game, they have the inside track at the group of five new year's day game. So I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and just say the team with the that's at home with a higher motivation. I'm going to take an over in this game. Uh, I know Central Florida runs a super fast hurry up. I'd have never I haven't seen Tulane play but uh I'm going to assume it's the same <laughs> and just take over 54 and a half and see what happens. Here's a team that won't be going to a bowl. Arizona State travels to Washington State. Uh Wazoo minus 8 total 59 and a half. I'll take this one over Arizona state plays zero defense. They give up 40 to everybody. Washington state scores like 40 Arizona state somehow will score like 27. Uh, This seems too good to be true. Unless there's crazy weather, just check the weather in Pullman. It could be snowing sideways. If that's the case, Arizona state will score zero points. Are you are aware where Pullman is located in the state of Washington and the United States? What's, yes. what's the temperature down there in Phoenix this week? Uh, well, it's a little chilly, but I mean, you know, I mean, it was nice yesterday. It was like 78 or something. I think Arizona state's going to go up there much like a Clemson team going to BC in mid November and be like, fuck this, this sucks. And they're going to lay an egg. It's going to, mm-hmm. this is going to be like 31 to three. Very possible. Okay, let's move on. Tom, this is all you. Go ahead. Uh, we'll give you no longer than 20 minutes to talk about this one. Wisconsin at Iowa. Wisconsin minus a point and a half. Total 35. All right. Uh, to do this in 20 minutes, I'm going to have to do the Ace Ventura style. So, Wisconsin and Iowa started off the season very slowly. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> These teams. A lot of uh, information. We wrote them off early in the year for good reason, but Wisconsin, of course, fired Paul Christ, and since then they've looked much better. Uh, even though they did lose to Michigan State in a weird anomaly game, they've held their own, and they're um, they're currently third in the Big Ten West, following Illinois and Iowa. Iowa has looked awful. We've made a million jokes about them, 
But if you look at their record, with the exception of a 10-7 loss against Iowa State Week 2, they basically have beaten everybody they're supposed to beat and lost to all the teams they're supposed to lose to. So um, Iowa is, despite being like horrifically ugly and bad to watch, they are right about where they belong. Both of these teams are, are semi-decent Big Ten West teams, which makes them below average for the country. But this is a true toss-up game, and the winner of this, you know, will hold their breath to hope that Illinois slips up and um, either against Purdue or the last week against Northwestern. And, you know, Wisconsin actually can win the division if they win out and if Illinois loses. So it's not out of it. In Iowa, I don't exactly know the scenario, but I believe it's I believe it's the same where they still have a shot to to surpass Illinois if Illinois can slip up. So both these teams should be motivated, uh, which means it's going to be a barn burner, which means they're going to score upwards of 32 points. Um, you know, we pegged this as the 29-point game, the mythical 29-point total. But um, I don't know. Iowa's been scoring and Wisconsin's been all right. I think it's going to be mid-30s, and I think it's going to be a toss-up three-point game. So it's hard to pick. I'm going to pick Wisconsin just because I've been saying for a while that they're going to win the Big Ten West, and uh, I don't know that it actually happens. That I don't know that Illinois slips up, but I think Wisconsin wins this by a field goal. I think um, Jim Leonard's going to get the full-time job, and I think Iowa – gets bowl eligible and annoys us for another like two months. And then Spencer Petrus goes to the NFL and starts a game somehow. That's another prediction. He will start a game in the NFL somehow against all odds. And by the way, Iowa, here's some tarmac material. Penn state just signed a QB recruit who is a three or four star quarterback from the state of Iowa. So he opted to go sit behind Drew Aller for the next three years rather than just go to the University of Iowa and start from day one with the Ferences. Thank you for that long uh, description of that game, Tom. I, I, would, I would rather drink bleach than watch a minute of that game. So uh, don't I'm, worry. I'm not going to watch. Don't worry, because I'll text you frequent updates. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. All right, we got we got to skip through some of this junk and move right into the night slate, which is really good this week. Georgia at Mississippi State. Georgia minus sixteen total, fifty three and a half. For some fucking reason, I like Mississippi State in this game, and I don't know why. I don't know if this is like history or what it is, but I don't know. I think the only way to possibly beat Georgia or at least give them trouble, is to spread them out five wide and just try to get lucky with some passes. Mississippi State's not even going to try to run the ball, and you can't run the ball on Georgia's D-line. It's impossible. And Will Rogers is super accurate. I know they struggled against Alabama moving the ball. Maybe they take some lessons from that game, but I know it sounds insane, but give me Mississippi State plus 16 at home on Saturday night. Ryan, any thoughts? Am I totally insane? I have I, I refuse to pick Mike Leach games at this point. I, I I will never be right. That's right. We talked about this. Okay, fair enough. Tom, any, any leans in this one? Yeah, uh, the strategy you just 
described, I mean, that sounds good on paper or in audio, but isn't that essentially what Tennessee tried to do and they got whipped? I mean, do you think the home field advantage makes that big of a difference? I don't think it can hurt. Plus, you know, it's a road game after the big home game for Georgia. I think Leach is he's crazy, but he's smart. I think he's going to look at that Alabama film. He's going to look at that Tennessee-Georgia film and be able to find a couple spots and score some, score some points. Mississippi State's defense isn't bad either. Um, 16 and a half is a lot. So uh, give me the 16 and a half and we'll figure it out. I, I'll say I, I think – I don't know. I think we might be getting too cute or overthinking, and I'll take the blame because – I've been saying all year, oh, I don't think Georgia's as good as the Georgia team last year, but seems like they just dominate everyone when they really try. The only games they've struggled is, is like against uh, Kent State when they didn't show up. So I'm just going to mighty Kent State. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to lay it with Georgia and on the I don't blame you. on the extremely smart money ball type logic that they're good. Sounds good. All right, here's a fun one. Washington at Oregon. Uh, see, this game starts early enough for you. Seven o'clock. You can uh, finish dinner and two. This is going to be a fun one. You should tune in for some of those. This will be a good time. I will. I want to see Bo Nix being good again, getting the Auburn stink off of him. Um, but, he, you know, unfortunately, this is your I, – I don't know. I have no commentary about this game, but I'll watch this game. So uh, I'll, I'll be polling for Oregon. I've always liked them. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Bo Nix, any quarterback who goes through what he went through and then, you know, finds redemption at a cool team like Oregon, you know, I'm for it. Oregon minus 13 and a half total 72 and a half Bo Nix last week threw a touchdown, ran a touchdown and caught a touchdown pass. He's a six touchdown game in this game away from being voted to the Heisman ceremony this year, which is fucking crazy if you would have told us that two months ago um look this is real simple washington can't play any defense oregon's offense is ridiculously good washington's still going to score a lot of points 72 and a half is not high enough this game gets in the 90s uh both teams are used to playing in the pacific northwest where it's rain cold wind it don't fucking matter uh this is going to be like the oregon ucla game all over again Washington, if they catch a couple breaks, could even win this game outright if there's some weird fumbles or missed fourth down conversions. Not a lot of punts, but uh, I'm not, I don't really like laying the 14, but um, give me over 72 and a half. Ryan? Yeah, totally. It's the over, is the, is the absolute play. This to me feels like one of those like 52 42 type games. I agree. All right, let's move on. Huge game down in the. The heart of Texas, TCU at Texas, undefeated, fourth-ranked TCU at three-loss, 18th-ranked Texas, Texas minus seven, total 65. Now, before I kick this over, I do want to mention one bet that I do like in this game. I like Texas first half a good good amount in this game. TCU is a slow-starting team, great second-half team. Texas, great first-half team, falls apart. There's a reason for this. Sark is really good at calling game scripts. His first couple drives this year, in just about every game, they've scored touchdowns. Second half, maybe he has a bourbon. I don't know what's going on. They seem to blow some leads. TCU, on the other hand, um, exact opposite. Their coach, uh, Sonny Dykes, um, 
goes into every game with no script. He is an anti-script guy. They never script a drive, which I thought was very interesting. He likes to feel the game out on the fly. He, he, he likes to play by feel. Therefore, give me the team with the ultimate great script to start the game against a team with no script, especially at home. And then uh, who the hell knows how this plays out. But Texas, minus four, first half, book that. After that, question mark. Ryan, feel for the game on this one. Oh, I'm swiping all over this game. Love, <laughs> love my Tinder team. I'm going TCU. I love the over 65. It could be seven minutes left in the game, and there could be 30 combined points, and that's the over could still come in. Like, you're never dead in that. So I love TCU. I'm going to ride them all year, and the over is maybe my favorite play, the second favorite play of the entire week. Very good. So you got something on this one. Uh, I'll, I'll second the over pick, and then – uh, of course, TCU's our Tinder team, so I'll be rooting for them. I I do have a feeling it might come to an end here, but I'll take seven points. Very good. Well, I'm, I'm going to do a three-way over parlay this week. Oh, over I, hey, the, can I guess what the other one is? <laughs> yeah, that's the next game we're talking about. So over in the Oregon game, over in the Texas game, and over in the North Carolina Wake Forest game, I said this a couple weeks ago. I said, mark your calendars. I don't care if it's 100. I'm betting the over. That is correct. It's can close. We about Drake? Can, can, can we talk about Drake May for a second here? Freshman, 6'4", 220, 31 touchdowns, three interceptions, 2,900 yards passing, 71% completion percentage. Unfucking believable. He should be talked about as being like the next can't miss quarterback. I mean, it looks like Trevor Lawrence part two to me. I mean, I've watched a lot of North Carolina this year, and that kid is so good. He's not throwing like loopy balls up in the air. He throws ropes. He's big and strong, and he's going to put up so many numbers in these three years at UNC. It's going to be crazy. Um, Anyway, Wake Forest has gotten totally wacky. They play no defense. Sometimes they score points. Sometimes they turn it over. I don't know. I think North Carolina scores 50. Gene Chiggins is involved on defense. It's at Wake Forest. Pour yourself a scotch and root for over 11 touchdowns because it's coming in. Uh, Any thoughts, gentlemen? (laughs) Anything to add on that one? Obviously, I agree with the over. If Gene Chizik wasn't the defensive coordinator of North Carolina, if they had – What's the term in baseball for replacing someone with a average player? War, 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 war. Yeah, so like the wins above, w- wins above replacement player. Okay, if they if they yeah. replaced him with that. a with a war person, if they found the most mediocre average defensive coordinator in the country and replaced Chiswick at the beginning of the season with that, we would be looking at a top ten ranked North Carolina football team, correct? That is correct. They'd be ranked um, like ninth right now. Mac Brown got confused and was looking for a defensive coordinator who is high on the war rankings, but instead took a war eagle former head coach, which was the wrong kind of war to run his defense. Not not great. 
Okay, moving on. We're not going to talk about A&M against Auburn. We're going to move right past that. That game was supposed to be a big primetime 7-3. Oh, Ryan wants to talk about that game. Go right ahead. Auburn minus 1.5, total 48.5. Under 48.5. Moving on. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well said. Okay, here we go. Florida State at Syracuse. Florida State minus 7, total 51. The wheels are officially off for the Cuse, as expected. They're finishing seven and five. Can you take Syracuse plus seven here? And is Garrett Schrader playing this game? Do we have any idea? Ryan, go right ahead. Oh, you think I'm going to take Syracuse because I'm wearing the sweatshirt? No, no, no. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm taking under 51. That is absolutely the play in this game. I don't care if Florida State just scored a 40 ball on the uh, in South Beach against Miami. This is a totally different situation. This is that was a rivalry game. No way. This is under 51. If Schrader's playing, then I would be tempted to take the points. But unless I know for sure that he's a hundred percent good to go, just take the under. Florida State runs the ball a ton. They actually run the ball more than Syracuse does. They average 212 rushing yards a game. Florida State does. So there's a this, there's a good chance this is like an NFL-esque game where like each team gets two possessions in the first half, maybe three. Z. Dan, I will remind you that several weeks ago on this very podcast, you said that Syracuse had a path to be 10 and 2, 11 and 1. And my response uh-huh. to you was, I will see you at the Pinstripe Bowl wearing orange. Well, I have a new prediction now. As you said, Syracuse is probably going to finish about 7 and 5 after starting, what, 6 and 0? Oh. Yeah. Um, Kansas Jayhawks also started, what, 5 and 0? Oh, six and one and are probably going to finish like seven and five Syracuse, Kansas in the uh, Arizona Sunship bowl or whatever that other bowl in Arizona is. I think that's a perfect matchup of two teams that started off hot and were, you know, in the top 15 and then just back their way into a bowl game, just barely made it. Let's get those two teams together and have a fun time. 20-year anniversary of Syracuse beating Kansas in the basketball national title game. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yes. That was let's, the 0-2-0-3 season. Okay, let's make this happen. They'll be in Arizona, Syracuse versus Kansas football. Danny Manning will be there. Carmelo Anthony will be there. G-Mac will be there. Hakeem Warwick. Jacques Vaughn, the brand-new coach of the Nets, can come on down. All these guys. Who's your, who else are your favorite Kansas basketball players? Ostertag. Greg yes, Ostertag. Greg Ostertag, will be, Greg Ostertag and oh, who's that? Who's the giant? Cole Aldrich. Heinrich. Cole Aldrich. No, I'm thinking, who's, who's the other, like the, the counterpart to Ostertag, that giant white dude on Syracuse if, when we were growing up? Well, the, the, Yes, J.B. Reefsnyder. Well, the, the guy Thank that you. was actually the center on that Syracuse team was Craig Fourth. Oh, he's, he's a, He can go he's a principal. He's a principal at like an elementary school in uh, all the Albany area. 
Sounds okay. about right. So, so we'll imagine we'll, imagine your high school your, your elementary principal being seven foot one. Not great. Like that, that's crazy. I would not mess around. He's like uh, one hundred and forty pounds, but he's like seven one. It, it's fine. <laughs> he will still intimidate all of those kids. All right. Anyway, I just wanted to say that Cuse, Kansas, twenty year anniversary of the national championship basketball game. This time, dot dot dot. It's football. I love it. All right. Um, my pick in this game is going to be the highest alt line I can find on Florida State. Give me them minus as much as 21. I think Florida State's going to beat them 45 to 10. Uh, Florida State's rolling. Um, they're taking out some frustration on people. Syracuse looks bad all, all around. This looks like two years ago Syracuse to me. And uh, the wheels are off. And when the wheels are off, in college football, there's not enough time to fix the problem. Um, all right. <clears throat> Last game I want to talk about, making a four-way over parlay. Arizona at UCLA, 77 and a half. Who gives a flying fuck? UCLA is going to score in the 60s. Arizona is going to get in the 20s or 30s. Over. I mean, UCLA is going to score in every every drive. This is like these, these totals seem high, but they're not. They should all be in the 80s. All four of the ones we talked about. Um, yeah, this is this is coming in. Uh, there's there's not much else to talk about. So that's all I got. Tom, what games did I miss? You want to talk about? There's a couple that I just want to mention. Not necessarily having a strong pick. Uh, Georgia Tech minus one and a half against Miami of Florida, a home game. This is an all-time low for the Miami program, and I realize that we've talked about them the last couple weeks. And Crystal Ball's cleaning house, and you know we're not writing him off just yet. We'll see how he changes this team into next year. But this is rock bottom for a once proud program to be uh, an underdog to this horrible Georgia Tech team. So that's bad, and and yet you'd have to lay it with Georgia Tech if you were picking a side, right? Yes. Um, the other one, a nice Ryan Spillett window. Michigan, minus 30 and a half against Nebraska with a 48 over and under. So uh, that's a pretty tight window. We're talking about a 41 to 7 victory. 45 nothing. Yeah, that sounds about right. So uh, I, I still kind of like Michigan there. And by the way, shout out to Michigan for uh, last week. I said that was a lock of the week, minus 26 against Rutgers. It was 17-14 Rutgers at half, right, or even early in the third. And I was like, don't worry. They're still going to not only win but cover. And 45-17 final. So never in doubt. Correct. And uh, I believe that is all I have. All right, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I got a quick pick uh, here. A couple, four picks here. Um, Duke's pretty good, actually. Duke's not that bad. Virginia Tech is really bad. Horrible. Uh, give me Duke minus nine and a half home against Va Tech. Um, another team that we you guys had earlier mentioned, Army, not good. Potentially mm. could be getting UConn their bowl game. Uh, next week, this week, Troy minus nine home against Army. Troy's really good, actually. And 
they're like seven and two, and their two losses were Ole Miss week one at Ole Miss week one at App State week three by I think one point. So like Troy's really good. This is not enough points. This is actually my my one of my favorite bets of the whole week. Troy minus nine. Uh, Kansas State depends on the quarterback situation, but if you can get them right now, they're plus two and a half uh, at Baylor. Don't really believe in Baylor that much. I kind of like the points there. And the final thing I like, Florida, South Carolina, under 59. That is an absolute... Intercept. The only way that game gets over is if both quarterbacks throw multiple pick sixes. Like, actually, go ahead and bet could that happen. in this game too. You go ahead and bet that in this game. Bet under fifty nine, and then bet both teams to get a defensive score. Very good. Okay, uh, I would like to mention that next week's college football slate sucks, except for the Pac-12. You get Utah at Oregon, and you get USC at UCLA next week, which is a lot of fun, both those games. So uh, enjoy this one, and then next week sucks, and then the week after that's rivalry week, which is fantastic. We will come up with some good segments to fill the time next week, so we'll still bring an entertaining show, as we always do. Okay, and now we have our, our aforementioned World Cup picks 2022. Oh, yes. We've been teasing it for a couple weeks now. Uh, you know what? I think we should start with Tom. I think he, he's the oh, first yeah. one that should start with this. Go well, right ahead. My deep knowledge of soccer, you know, I, I want to be humble because I know so much about this sport. No, I obviously I don't follow soccer at all, and I know that, nothing compared to you guys. But I, I have read some articles about the nation of Qatar, a lot of them not focusing so much on the on-field activity. Apparently, there's already been a death related to the uh, <laughs> this World Cup. And, you know, some there's like, like 70, like 70 people died making the stadiums. Yeah, there's like one of them just happened. And, and yeah, yeah, so obviously this entire thing is a travesty. Um, uh-huh. And then the other news I read was that 100 critics – you know, journalists, uh, opinion columnists, sports people, etc., who criticize the World Cup being in Qatar, got hacked. I'm a little worried, Dan. We've been we've been saying some things, so I just want to say here: all hail the nation of Qatar and its leader, whose name I definitely know. We love you. We respect your nation, and uh, you know, uh, Allah bless this great game. The end. Dan. All right. Um, Weird year for the World Cup um, being in Qatar. I'm going to eliminate the United States right off the bat. I feel like they may not get any calls. Um, I'm also going to eliminate all of Europe due to that same thing as well. Defending uh, champs, uh, France all hate each other, even though they're the best team. When in doubt on a World Cup and you don't know who to pick, Take Brazil. I think Brazil is going to ship it this year. I don't like it, but I think that's what it's going to be. So give me give me Brazil this year. Ryan? <clears throat> okay. I'm going to go deep here. Um, 
Brazil's the favorite. They're pretty loaded. However, there's some there's some storylines here. This is this is the final World Cup for the finest player in the history of the sport. This is his last opportunity to get the World Cup that he desires, that he actually has to have. Mm-hmm. Argentina, five and a half to one. Leo Messi, this is the, the storyline is just way too perfect. And uh, I think Argentina is a, is a just a really, really good team and kind of a team potentially of destiny. So that's, that's the easy pick on the, the favorite end. However, there's some, there's some long shots in here. There's some things worth looking into. Although Messi is the greatest player in the world as far as all time, the current best player in the world plays on, is for Belgium. And his name is Kevin De Bruyne. And he's freaking ridiculous. And Belgium is really, really good. And they can score. And they can play defense. Like I like Belgium a lot, 16 to 1. They were a disappointment in the last World Cup, and I think people have kind of walked away from them, and I think they're way better this time around. So I like Belgium at 16 to 1. Then if you're looking for a deep, deep long shot, Senegal at 80 to 1. There's some value there. I like Senegal as well. Okay, there you have it. I was going to say the Netherlands. As my, They're also as my pick, knowing nothing. The Netherlands are super sneaky. They always seem to be in the mix. Again, I know nothing, but maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go with Belgium or the Netherlands. Those are my picks. Well, you you could actually go ahead. Germany's ten to one. Netherlands are twelve to one. Belgium sixteen to one. If you just sprinkle like a little, like 20, 30 bucks on each of those, you have a really good chance to at least get one of those three in the final. So those three teams are, are kind of all the same. Okay. Very true. I'm not wasting my money on Germany, that nation. I'm going Belgium, Netherlands. One of those teams will win. That's the Tom Z promise. Very good. Um, where is it? I have a futures bet that I placed back in June where the first part of it is Netherlands to advance to the knockout round. So it's that Ohio State to win the Big Ten championship, Tottenham Hotspurs to finish top four of the Premier League, and Josh Allen to win MVP at 30 to 1. So I don't know. We'll see. That's, we'll find out. That's a parlay with all of those? Yep. That's, I, I'm. <laughs> you're going Fun. a little that's a little degen mode no nope. degen dan this is yeah, what he does that's what i'm here for i don't disagree I with any it. of the individual picks i mean you know i don't know who tottenham hotspur is but um they're, they're gonna finish top you're, you're four, going you're going it. deep on those picks dan that's what well, that's how you win all right here's what i want to know about world like cup and, and we can look it up we can pause look it up and then you know we can end the show on this I would like to know what Noel or Liam Gallagher has said so far about the Qatar World Cup. 
<laughs> so let's let's pause briefly. Unless you know off the top of your head, let's pause briefly and do a Google search. And this is how we will end the show. They they are more interested right now in the Manchester City season. Has he called anyone from Qatar a potato? Okay, wait. Time out. I just hit Google. <laughs> Liam Gallagher speaking ahead of the World Cup of, of twenty of of uh, two thousand twelve. Everyone thinks England are going to win the World Cup, but no way. You know, if we do, fair play to them. But there's way too many fucking Man United players in that team for it to be a winning World Cup team. All right, I've got. I I don't know how I stumbled on this, but the headline is Robbie Williams says Liam Gallagher was gigantic bully, but it's <laughs> but it's vital he exists. Apparently, the the reason this came up in a search is because Robbie Williams will be performing at the Qatar World Cup. He's massive everywhere else, but here still to this day. I know Americans my have my no idea who he is. My brother went to um, Oktoberfest, I think, last year in Germany, and he was like, "He's like Tom, you're never gonna believe it. There's two songs that like stopped the entire crowd and got them to sing along. One was Wonderwall, and he's like." You you won't believe it, but the other was uh, "Angels" by Robbie Williams. I'm like that doesn't surprise me at all, because it's not America. So one of those two, once Brexit is complete, one of those two songs will be the new British national anthem. It's Wonderwall. So good. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening to the Take the Points College Football Podcast. We'll be back again next week. We will find something hilarious to talk about, even if it's a down week. So tune in then. And good night. Take the point. 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 Take the point.